0: Welcome to the zombie girls I'm your co-host Rachel and joining me today to talk about quite a pair of films (laughs) quite a pair of films is of course like the Jacuse, the one who made us do it Matilda hello (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) hi and of course Sarah hi there Hey! Oh my gosh, girls! How are you doing? How are you hanging in there? How is life? Does it feel like one giant infinity pool where the rich is eating you? Because that's how it feels to
1: me. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I don't want to blow
2: raspberry in my microphone because that's not good audio for the listeners. But that, yeah, it's not great. I mean,
0: there's somebody out there that's just been on, just waiting with bated breath the day that you raspberry it up all up in their ear holes. (laughs) (laughs) You listen. Listen, I'm on I'm on a whole other level today because I just watched Infinity Pool and Etheridge back to back. So I'm uh, I'm in my feelings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe you watched them back to back. That's uh, mistake in the I made The last time Matilda suggested <laughs> me. <laughs> you guys. So we talked about
0: this a little bit before the show, but we're this is episode 97. We are Crazy. three away yep. from one hundo.
1: Amazing. That's I big. didn't know we would ever get there. I'm kind of impressed. I'm happy about this.
0: Me too. And yeah. also, the same.
3: <laughs> so, episode 100 is the necromantic extravaganza. Right? Oh, oh God. my God. Sarah.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we're supposed to, it's supposed to be a celebration. Wait, you know what? Hold on. Let me, I need to do a little maths real quick. Okay. So, 98 will be me 99 will be Sarah Woo! <laughs> Ariel is uh you would you would technically be 100 we're not going to make you program the 100th episode unless okay. you want to unless you want to <laughs> but I guess uh, I'll think about it <laughs> yeah think about it but I just I had my heart just skipped a beat there I was like Oh my yeah, God! We, we are gonna that. we are gonna have the like necromantic cannibal Holocaust double feature.
3: <laughs> Freeway Two: Confessions of a Trick Baby. Oh Lord! Did you see
0: that? There's like a I think yeah. they're putting out like a Vinegar Syndrome remaster of that. Oh really? Yeah, it's coming. Nice. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I almost put it in the Discord. and I was like, No, Rachel, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But then I immediately told you. So I guess I hoisted on my own petard anyway
2: (laughs) so what's going on what's happening in your life well i had a fun horror to non-horror fan misunderstanding oh um you did (laughs) okay (laughs) you know how you have friends that are like not horror fans and so um but then they talk to you like when they do watch a horror movie they talk to you about it so i had a moment where i thought that was happening and that was not happening Um, With my friend who was telling me, who was following up, had told me she was going to try a new spa in the next town over and came back and said, spoilers for Pearl. But she came back and said, oh, so I really liked Pearl. And I, of course, thought she's trying to talk to me about Mia (laughs) Ga Right? So, what I say with my own mouth is, <laughs> Oh, so you weren't put off by the scarecrow fucking. <laughs> and she was like, What the Oops. fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Oh my God. And she, what That's she amazing. actually said was, I'm not talking about some esoteric Matilda bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> t- we, t- we had this conversation. I was like, "Right, okay, good to know. Good massage over there." But yeah, so, <laughs> I, f- oh, I feel that that hilarious. was probably relatable to many people. And yes, yes, I'm
0: not talking about some esoteric Matilda bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it is, you know, there is, I forget sometimes because there are so, a few normies in my life that have no idea what the hell I'm talking about right. or when I get on on some of my esoteric Rachel bullshit. Um, but it's always so much fun when you actually have a moment where you like connect over something. And that actually happened to me this week. This story made me think of this. So I've I've been house hunting. It's the thing that I've been doing. as so I've been looking at houses and a lot of them are pretty crazy but there was one I went into this week that was especially bonkers like they had turned the kitchen into what appeared to be like 70s does sushi restaurant like it literally had a thatched roof in the living room yeah it had like an exterior
2: thatched roof in the living room
0: (laughs) that is bizarre but then the inside of the kitchen was all like vinyl, white vinyl with like gold marbling in it, and that was not the weirdest part of the house. That was the Amuse Bouche, because <laughs> also the kitchen is essentially in the living room, so it's the first thing you see when you walk in the door. But oh, then. Yay. There's the back wall was like completely dra- like covered in drapes. So I opened the drapes to see what was behind it. And it was the sliding glass doors that used to be the back of the house that they have just added on behind without removing <laughs> the external sliding glass doors. And then you mm-hmm. step out into that. And then there's like a big room that they've covered in wood paneling. Like, like I don't, their choices are being made in this house. There's also a hallway that goes to some of the bedrooms. That you have to access through saloon doors. Again, choices being made, but it's when you go to the lower level that those choices really become <laughs> increasingly uncomfortable. And <laughs> like you get down there, and first of all, it is a converted garage that they've put carpet in and also a hot tub. Nice across Something. from a wall of mirrors to which i say what in the fucking upside down pineapple has going on in this house on this year day yeah. Yeah. that's not even the creepiest part the creepiest part is the wall of doors behind which are nothing but mysteries one of them included a staircase to nowhere It was behind the door that someone in childish writing had wrote, do not open, which I immediately opened. And then the (laughs) other one was like full barbarian. Like I opened the door and the walls are made of soil and they go around a corner into darkness. And I was like, nope, not today, Satan closed that door. But I turned to my realtor and I was like, have you seen Barbarian? She was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you've seen this. This house is barbarian.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. It's like a haunted swingers' palace. That's it was uh, yes. yes, like
0: you start in the hot tub and then you end up in the cages in the in the do not open closet. Like, dear God, no! You've heard of the so special no, no no place?
2: Hurt. Could she settle the like? Does it count as usable space on the square footage? <laughs>
0: um i think the uh, she was experiencing the same level of galaxy brain brain that we all were walking through this house because there's no like it is okay we're talking about infinity pool this is like budget infinity pool vibes (laughs) whatever's (laughs) happening in this house (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't even know what the ghosts would be in that house like i don't think they would be peoples i think it like can fluids bodily fluids have a ghost do they leave a spectral presence because that house was haunted <laughs> i know i know you were attached to that wallpaper in that one
2: bathroom but i was like yes. don't take a black light in there oh, oh my god,
3: god, oh my god. <laughs> yeah yeah because oh as soon god. as you said that about spectral ghosts i thought of a. Uh, amityville whorehouse where the uh ghosts
1: <laughs> of course people you did <laughs> we all film. did
0: yeah. mm. <laughs> i think i may have found the shooting location of that film <laughs> and i mean that on multiple levels
2: <laughs>
0: oh <my God. laughs> It is down all the
4: right. street from the
2: phantasm house right like from the actual phantasm that's House.
1: Right. Yeah. that's right that's no. right kind of okay. makes sense yeah
3: okay well you can see rachel doing google image searches with you crossing her the the house with pornhub
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go full c like full cis on this like (laughs) we're getting to the bottom of what the fuck is what's so chilling is it looks so normal from the outside and the neighborhood is like the epitome of normalcy it's just like cute houses on a hill very suburban very normal and then you enter the 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 dungeon
1: but that's how they trick you my nor my neighborhood looks hella normal too
0: yeah and it's just wall-to-wall dungeon (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) it's a lie it's all a lie (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Mm yeah So I don't know. I will say that this is the most fun part of the house hunting is getting to go into all of these houses and be like see the Newbie. choices that yeah. other humans yeah. have made on purpose <laughs> in their homes. Yep. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So that is what we've been up to. Let's get into what we have been watching. Ariel, let's we're gonna do a lightning round. Um so yeah. what real quick, what have you
1: been watching? So I finally got around to seeing Knock at the Cabin. That's the new mm. M Night Shyamalan movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that much about it going in. I knew nothing about the plot. And nice. um, I felt pretty middle of the road about it. It's definitely not the happening, you know. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so not that good? Oh, bummer. <laughs> you really did
1: peak with the killer trees. <laughs> <laughs> but I just found it a little lackluster. I thought the plot was somewhat predictable. There's zero tension in the entire movie. The only really like shining star of the whole thing was Dave Bautista. Because he's really good in a different kind of role than I've seen him in before. So I really appreciated Mm -hmm. that. And I just had a problem with the ending. I don't want to spoil it. But there's like a specific homophobic character that I didn't like how it ended with them. But anyways, so I don't know. I wouldn't really recommend it, honestly. But I think Matilda liked it. So sorry.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. I liked it. It was fine. Yeah. I really liked the book. I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's not... The tension never pays off. They never. Yeah, it never pays off, but it barely builds either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only Mm -hmm. tension is when like there's way too. The camera is just entirely too close to Dave Bautista's face. Like, please (laughs) back up a little bit. I'm very upset. Um, No, no, not because it's Dave Bautista, but just because like I don't want to be that close to anyone's face. And it was one of the unless it's Elizabeth Moss level screen. It was too much for me. And I know that I wanted to understand what the hubbub was about because people were upset that it was different from the book. And I would say if you like this concept and want to see it done in a different way, the book is much more satisfying.
1: So okay, if you have cool. interest well, in the, in like
2: the premise, yeah. I, would, I would go to the book.
1: And then uh, the other thing I watched was Missing, which I had been looking forward to. I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater earlier this year. And it's basically, it's a sequel, I guess, sort of, to... That movie Searching, that was the sort Mm. of the browser based thriller. Oh, yeah. I really liked Searching a lot. And so I've been looking Mm -hmm. forward to this one. I finally got a chance to watch it and I thought it was really good. I think the ending isn't quite as good as Searching, but Mm. it's very tense. It's got all of the great like mystery and this, you know, teenage girl who's trying to uncover what's happening with her mom. And, you know, investigating in all these interesting ways. So if you like a taut thriller with a mystery, this is a definitely a good one to watch. All right. How about you, Matilda? What have you been watching? Well, I haven't been doing too much
2: watching of things recently, sadly. But okay. I have been doing some good horror reading. So I wanted to make two recommendations. Okay. One is The Weight of Blood by Tiffany mm-hmm. D. Jackson, which Rad. is a retelling of Carrie. Oh. Mm. through the lens of a mixed-race young woman who is in a town in the south that still has segregated proms oh mm. and there's a lot of stuff about like passing not passing restriction so from the dad in is more about race. 16 yeah <laughs> because mm-hmm. like
3: one of the last segregated proms i think it was in mississippi where the school takes place i want to say it was like 2016 2018 when it stopped being segregated what the fuck oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's modern
2: day for sure like because one of the kids has a drone so like it is a modern day within wow. the last five ten years thing yeah yeah that one it's really interestingly done the main character is really interesting and the sue snell is really interesting so mm. i would say definitely check that out and then the other thing i read that i really liked was a book called devil house by john darnell he wrote Wolf in White Van and then another book about the haunted VHS tape. Wait, what's cool. his name? John Darnielle. Um, is he the, the Mountain Universal Goats, Harvester. Goats guy? He is the Mountain Goats guy. And because I am <laughs> okay. a thousand years old, I did not know he was the Mountain Goats guy. So I didn't oh, put it together. Uh-huh. So I read three of his books before I put this together. That's so funny. <laughs> and he's also in like the heavy metal episode of um, Poker Face this season this one is maybe my favorite of his this is a true crime one and it's set in milpitas california same Hmm. town as river's edge the movie was set and that crime took place and so you see a little bit more about like kind of the effects on a town of being the focus of a true crime thing and it's told from the point of view of a true crime writer gotcha cool so it's, mm. it's very kind of meta about true crime. It's fiction, but it's so interesting. Did he land the plane? He did land the plane. He doesn't always land the plane. I did not really feel like he landed the plane the other times. Right, which is why I this was one, curious. <laughs> yes, this one lands it in a really
0: interesting place. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. All right, Sarah, what have you been watching? I've been watching through osmosis because
3: uh, the wife and the roommate have been watching uh time wasters on amazon prime hmm. and it's about a uh, a quartet of uh young black jazz musicians from london from modern day london that take an elevator with a homeless guy and end up going back in time oh wow oh. Interesting. so yeah so like first season they're in like 1920s england next season they're like in 1958 it's fun. The comedy is great. The act the actors are great. The storylines are
0: fun. Ooh. I mean, it looks like opportunities for good costumes. So I am that intrigued. That too. I am intrigued. All right. That's a great recommendation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it looks like it's on freebie, so you don't even have to yeah. have crime. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So what have I been watching? Real quickly, I've been watching I saw Scream Six. I won't go in super depth about it, but I really enjoyed it. And as we all know, I am not the biggest Scream fan in the world. (laughs) I I love the original. I like the second one quite a bit. And the fourth one had its merits. The fifth one and the third one are no's for me. But the sixth one was actually quite a bit of fun because they leaned into sort of the darker tone. There's still a lot of humor and lots of meta stuff in it. But it's, like, much more violent, much more gory. Ghostface is, like, way turned up the intensity and in, in, like, his his stalking and violence and stuff. Which would, And then he... I didn't know how badly I needed to see him grab a shotgun. That whole uh-huh. bodega scene is... <laughs> and also, Gail is back to being her sassy self. Kirby is a great addition. I don't know. I had a really good time with this. Like, does it have its flaws? Yes, it does. The, like, sort of twist ending reveal is if you are paying attention tips its hand very very early but i do appreciate the change of location the other thing i've seen is the series beef have you guys heard anything about this
3: no no
0: i haven't okay so it is a collaboration between um a24 and netflix and it stars ali wong and stephen Yoon. oh i did read about this it is so good so basically they are both people who are like having very separate life crises and like economically and totally different brackets and it's they're, but they're both very intensely unhappy with their situation and they cross paths at the wrong time on the wrong day and end up in like a really intense road rage experience and neither of them can let it go oh, and so mm. it's an escalating beef between the two of them as they like basically track one another down and like make each like punish each other it's really funny really fucked up and dark um and of course the performances are amazing ali wong is great and so is steven Yoon. and like i'm loving it i've seen the first three episodes i think and like love
1: so good so 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 good awesome
0: so yeah that is what i have been watching look at us with our Excellent lightning round. We are getting through it. Okay, let's get into our reviews. Matilda, you have been in charge of programming for this here episode. What are we going to be watching, and and what made you select these
2: films? This is the group of people I wanted to talk about. Infinity Pool, with right. <laughs> When I saw it, uh, all by my lonesome in the theater with five random single dudes spaced through. Oh the god, theater. as as you do. The, you
0: know. dating tips folks <laughs> if you're looking for single gentlemen who have time on the on a weekday afternoon we know where to find them follow like for more excellent dating followed tips to
2: my car thrill this is, this is real. <laughs> um, yeah always go
0: great. to the second location that's what i yeah. say <laughs>
2: And I know, you know, I know that, you know, the politics of this movie and some of what I wanted to talk about with this movie, there's kind of saturation of this right now. Right. There's like the menu and there's a lot of kind of eat the rich type movies in the zeitgeist right now. Right. But I wanted to go back to one that I had never seen, which was 1987's Eat the Rich featuring many people, including Lemmy and full Motorhead soundtrack. So, I thought that what I watched a couple different ones and I decided to pair it with this one just because it was very very fun. And I think that after Infinity Pool, the the tone of like a very different tone I thought yeah. would pair nicely. <laughs> kind of a nice. sweet
0: sour, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, yeah. that's what I was going okay. for.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, Sarah, before we get further into these reviews, what is our spoiler policy? on the zombie girls so our spoilers on our spoiler policy on zombie girls is this
3: we're going to spoil it we spoil the shit out of everything so if you haven't seen it pause it right now
0: go watch the movies come back and continue the show you've been warned and this is my pro tip go to neon and re- if you're going to watch infinity pool because you haven't watched it yet rent it from neon it's seven bucks and it's the only place to get the uncut version i've seen both versions you want the uncut version
1: okay I did not watch the uncut version.
0: (laughs) Watching the theatrical version after having seen the uncut version, I was like, hey, where's the turducken genitals?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, when we talk about it, I'm going to need to know all the differences. Just FYI. (laughs) There is a
0: serious lack of turducken genitals in the theatrical, and I'm calling shenanigans. All right. (laughs) So who has the background for this one? I do. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Yeah. Tell me about Eat the Rich. So,
2: Eat the Rich was made by a group of alternative comics founded by Peter Richardson, who directed this and also co-wrote it with his longtime writing partner, Pete Richens. Peter Richardson, Ooh. Pete Richens. This is one of the mm. times that I really miss Jody. I always miss Jody on the show, but I really miss her yes. currently because yeah. I feel like there's a level, this is a, a UK alternative comic thing from the 80s, and I feel like there is context that I will not have. About this, yeah. that Jody may have. So just yeah. saying that going in. Yeah, Jody. Don't so Jody, judge us, please don't let judge us. us. Let me know what I'm getting wrong here. <laughs> let so me know. Had
0: a... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me know. So they had a show called the comic strip. I see it. I see it.
2: They
1: had a show called <laughs> the comic strip. In
0: case we missed it. Presents, this is not um, an episode for like gentle, like non obvious humor, okay? Like, <laughs> let me get into the zone.
2: There's some broad um, humor in Eat the Rich, I'll say that. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So they had a show called The Comic Strip Presents on Channel 4 in the UK in the 80s. The show is credited with launching the careers of French and Saunders alexi mm. sale and adrian edmonston and rick mayall the last two went on to create the young ones together mm-hmm, uh, which is mm-hmm. a zombie girl favorite if you are in our discord if you're a patreon you're in our discord young ones is very much a zombie girl favorite richardson himself oh, yeah, i love that one yeah richardson himself the director was famous on that show for his double act with nigel planer and nigel is the uh, plays the hippie on The Young Ones, who is the negative vibe merchant, which is a, a term that is used in our house very frequently. Uh, the group made one other feature-length film in 1985 called The Sweet Grass, starring Adrian Edmonston. I'm just going to say Vivian, for people who watch The Young Ones. They also made one other film after this, but Eat the Rich was such a spectacular flop that that film was shelved. Mm-hmm. There was a recent list of the biggest flops of all time, the 50 biggest flops, and this was number 49. So... Not the biggest flop, but also not the most well-received when it came out. <laughs> the cameos in this thing do not stop. So as I tell you, like, who's in it, I'm just going to be very careful because I'm sure we'll get into spoilers about the cameos. It's a wild, wild,
0: like, spot the cameo movie. Do you want to just name, hit some of the highlights? Name some of the ones that were you were like, what? I mean, there's one who is a literal knight. <laughs> shows up in this for two seconds yeah sir paul mccartney shows up
2: for yeah seconds. i was like <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck is <laughs> happening shane McGowan shows up <laughs> shane mcgowan from the pogues is playing like an a narco terrorist in this movie yeah just it's yeah wild david bowie's ex is Is in this like it's just a wall-to-wall Weird. cameo festival i mean robbie coltrane was part of this comic group but like there's Robbie Coltrane sightings. It's just, it's intense. Yeah. Uncle it's Frank intense. from Hellraiser. Yep. <laughs> Frank from Hellraiser. Really a highlight with that. With his, yep. like, uh, Bowser from Shawn act in act. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but the primary stars of this movie are Lana Pele, Nasher Powell, Ronald Allen, and Miranda Richardson. And I'm just going to give you the synopsis. So we can get into talking about it. Alex is a waiter at the high-class London restaurant Bastards, where there is mutual disdain between (laughs) Alex and her rich customers. Alex is fired after one too many times of being rude to the clientele. After witnessing a terrorist act on an embassy, Alex robs a benefits office and goes on the run with a new friend hoping to start a revolution.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I
2: have I have not heard any of your thoughts on this, but I am so curious
3: what you thought about this movie, <laughs> Sarah. What did you think of Eat the Rich? I had a good time. I I think I might have seen this before because it seemed really familiar, and it was one of those things. I'm like looking up the cast, and I know I'm not familiar with the British comedy show, and it was like every single one of them. I'm like I know who this person is. I've seen this person before, and then I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at stuff, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I. I can't just recognize them from the like time they walk through the background of are you being served? <laughs> like there has to be somewhere else that I know these people from. Totally. I mean it it was fun. I, I wish it had ended a little bit differently, but you know, I get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well because I know Ariel's going to do a much better job of reviewing this. I'm just going to get my thoughts out there real quick. It's (laughs) true.
1: Rachel's always setting me up for failure by saying, you're going to be so smart. You're going to say all these great things. (laughs) And yet you
0: never fail. So (laughs) whatever. It's true.
1: It's true. So, okay. I will say
0: positives. I really like the character of Alex. I like the actor. I like her performance. I like her disdain. I like she to me really delivers on the British dry humor. Yeah. Um, She, as the center of this film, she is absolutely the highlight. If anything, I wish we had spent way more time with her. I think I side largely with the politics of this film and I appreciate the absurdity and, like, the... the no pull hunches pulled about the wealthy yeah it's terrifying how much it foretold the rise of one donald J.
1: Trump. yeah uh, no kidding which made
0: some of that plotting a little joyless for me because i was like this is this is like when you go back and watch like um escape from la and they go to hollywood and like there's the grotesque plastic surgery that is just now yeah. what plastic surgery looks like like watching this this grotesquery of a man I'm like oh no this is just my life for four years this is what my life was like every yeah. fucking day for four years so that was a little tough although I do think that the actor does a really good job um, in terms of presenting the sort of grotesque cockney character he, his line delivery is really great it's just like oh it's too real the eating was tough for me. (laughs) There was a lot of eating noises that I struggled with throughout this. But again, another bright side, Lemmy was actually kind of great in this, I think. He was pretty funny as Spider. I mean he was such a stunt cast, but like he wasn't stilted. He felt very natural in his performance. Like he was a much better actor than I was expecting when I saw his name in the credits. I really actually enjoyed him. including the scene
2: with all of motorhead with like a huey lewis and the news style uh, like
0: horn section
2: in the back yes (laughs) Yes, that was that was
0: great (laughs) and i liked the plot line with him and his like weird like double agent that he was working with like all that kind of stuff i thought really worked this movie is very shouty Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> It starts mm-hmm. at a shout and stays at a shout and remains at a stout shout and is always shouting and everybody's shouting and shouting, shouting, shouting. Shout, here,
3: shouting. A shout, shout there. Here, Everywhere a shout, shout. Yes,
0: <laughs> which was a little tough for me. I think some of the more absurdist British humor just doesn't work for me. And that, that is not a critique of the film so much as it is a critique of just like personal taste. There were times where this was a tough go. I struggled through this one a little mm-hmm. bit. And there's a lot of plot. There's a lot of plot for this movie. (laughs) But yeah, I think while maybe this was not for me, I can definitely see why others like it. And I do love that it is so unflinching in its critique of the upper crust, um, especially in a place that is so clash conscious as the UK. So so yeah, I feel of two minds about it. That's kind of where I landed. How
1: about you, Ariel? Yeah, honestly, I think I kind of came out in the exact same place. Some of it worked for me really well. But some of the humor just didn't quite land for me. It was too broad, or I just don't. Maybe I don't get some types of British humor. But I, you know, I loved the commentary on the wealth disparity, and I think that this this came out in eighty seven, Matilda, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this is yes. like what the mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of Margaret Thatcher's years. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you you really uh, see the anger and vitriol in this movie, which you know I appreciated. Um I just think commenting on how vile and inhumane the uber wealthy are is gonna find an audience with me, you know. I think that watching this film honestly made me realize just how angry I am right now about <laughs> like the state of things. Because reasonable there is <laughs> yeah. this scene Where right after the the two characters, Alex and what's his name, join up to start their revolution, they just knock on some random person's door and say, we're starting a people's uprising. Do you fancy joining us? And the man immediately responds, yes, I'd love to. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just think. Uh, might not be that difficult to radicalize me in this way at this point. Yeah, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> A lot
0: of the work has already been done. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. There's another
1: character that says, like, when they're trying on clothes, I think, the storekeepers, like, grind the face of capitalism in the dust, won't you? And I was like,
4: yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, um, i love that scene he's like it started when i was 19 so funny.
0: it <laughs> <laughs>
3: just keeps going
0: and she just is like yeah uh, alex is like okay bye <laughs> yeah, that's <what> that's... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, the
3: the part the part that got me because i was just like oh this is just so 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 is when okay so there's this character named nosher who is Ugh. like this low class brute of a man he's a womanizer a drunk he, you know, tells it like it is. Right. And he's, uh, you know, he's he's the Homeland Secretary. He's running for prime minister. And there's a scene where this government agency that Lemmy is working for tries to set him up to, like, bring him down because they don't want him to win the election because he's a fucking fascist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets caught with a woman in a car and, like, you know, that's not his wife. And like one minute, it's just like, it's like, oh no, he's, he's a womanizer. And then the next minute it's like, would you call yourself, the reporters are outside his door. And one of them says, would you call yourself a pussy hound? And he's like, hell yeah. And they're like, yay. I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah. God. Yep. Too yep. real. I've been Too there. Real. Too, Too real. real. <laughs> right. Oh, like surely this will be the end
2: of it. And then it just makes it worse. Like then yeah. it just increases that person's popularity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really liked the scene where they shot up the bureaucrats at the welfare office after they were screwed over. Yes, yes. yes absolutely. yes, yes. Um, yes, yes. There's a lot of the humor that didn't quite work for me but there were some really funny moments like we were just talking about and I think the sort of random nonsensical funny things maybe worked the best for me like uh-huh. why were they riding around on a Clydesdale <laughs> like where did that come from <laughs> no, <laughs> um, and why
2: did she give birth in the kitchen and then be handed like like a six
1: month old baby
0: <laughs> also how yeah. did she ha- go from pregnant like to, like just pregnant to having a child in like six days <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a it, lot yeah. of t- I'm calling yeah. shenanigans on the timeline. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: the scene where they were trying on clothing for the revolution and wondering about this like tight outfit does it fit well here and here? It was just you know you stuff like that was really size? funny. Yeah, or yeah. um the that weird waiter guy flirting with Nasha's wife when he was like using the honey to over her. Cereal. Oh, the, the, yeah. the, the, yes. the
3: servants, the man Yeah, servant? yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Or, or even, like, the meat grinder scene when you finally get to see the back of the restaurant and the guy is just, like, lowering a leg into the meat grinder.
2: Yes. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Some of that humor really worked for me. I think that just not all of it was, like, quite there. I liked that it mm-hmm. felt like a countercultural film, though. I just think the satire is maybe too broad and some of the acting choices are really bizarre. But and I also think that like the revolution starts out so strong, right? (laughs) They're so angry and they want to change things. But then it basically devolves just into opening a fancy restaurant where they're feeding rich people to rich people, which I sort of appreciate the sentiment behind that, you know, and that they're able to convince these image obsessed wealthy people that their restaurant is cool. So they have to come, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I appreciate that. I just wanted I guess I just wanted even more well, I, I, and I appreciated
3: the rich were so up their own ass about eating at this restaurant that when the chef comes out and says, oh, yeah, we're out of customers. And then yeah. the, he goes carrying George Harrison across the restaurant, <laughs> you know, fresh meat. And everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. You know? Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that
2: there's something about being in there and being like being kind of verbally Seen. abused by the wait staff that they... Yeah. That they're oh, like oh they I'm really hate something. us here they really hate us here because there's no stakes to it for them right like the, yeah the more right. i thought about these two movies together i was like oh okay there's something here. there's some there's some yeah ideas here mm-hmm. that a connective consistent. Thread. Sure. yeah yeah
3: well and then and then when when uh nosh and his wife are eating and he's like hmm tastes a bit like human flesh to me and she's like hmm yeah it does and they just start eating more yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it almost reminded me. It it seems like it would be really good paired with Society. Or mm, interesting. Or like this in this in the menu. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that's a movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, like I said, like things are going on in my life, so tonally, I I understand this is very weird. <laughs> <See>?
0: <laughs> Pairing Infinity with Infinity Pool in Pool. Society.
3: Infinity Pool and Society would be really good because they're both so
0: sweaty. Yeah, they are very sweaty. (laughs) Awesome. All right, any other thoughts on Eat the Rich? It's
3: a fun one. Have a couple of beers with your Conrad's and you know try to spot
0: try to spot all the cameos. Yeah. Yeah. Drink every time there's a cameo and then die. (laughs) Yeah, in the first ten minutes.
2: How about uh, this and Hellraiser? So you can look at Frank's arc. Is
0: the waiter. <laughs>
2: what else has he been in?
0: I'm very curious about that actor now. These are the two things I've seen him in, and uh, he makes some choices with his 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 performances and his selection of roles. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Let's move on to Infinity Pool now. Matilda, do you have the background for this one as well, I or do. did describe it? So this one is Infinity Pool, of course, by Brandon
2: Cronenberg, who we know from antiviral and possessor this movie started filming in 2019 but had to be put on hold until 2021 it was primarily filmed in croatia and also hungary and then the post was done in canada this movie was inspired by actual unsatisfying and unsettling vacations that brandon cronenberg had taken and at the same time he kept thinking about those when he was in the process of writing a short story about cloning and murdering clones. So basically the first killing we see in this movie is his short story. And he kept kind of like hearkening back to, to these strange vacations he'd taken. He was really disturbed about the walled nature of the resort experience, which I'll get into a little bit. So the cloning factory slash police station that they shot in in um, Croatia is... Not not something that they sought out. They just kind of used the like brutalist architecture that was there. And I think it's such an interesting choice to make it look so like non-modern, like kind of somebody was saying kind of analog with all these big hoses and those kinds of things in the scenes where they're creating the clones. It's reminiscent of, but not quite analogous to the other projects skewering the rich currently, right? There's like Triangle of Sadness and Succession and The Glass Onion, Menu, White Lotus, Mark Olson in the L.A. Times said this movie is just too psychotronic and too weird for that because Mm. it is as obsessed with death and depravity as it is responsibility and accountability. Mm -hmm. Like the depravity of the rich is the kind of more the piece that's not there in some of the other things. So I'm going to read you a quote from Brandon. Like, I'm just going to read you Brandon Cronenberg's quote about what inspired this for him. He says, Mm -hmm. I did go on a bad vacation. Is it that obvious? Honestly, (laughs) it was kind of a mashup. Quite a while ago, I'd been writing a short story specifically about the clone executions. And when I started expanding it, I ended up coming back to memories of this weird vacation that I'd had many years ago. The only time I went to a traditional all-inclusive resort, I think it was in the Dominican Republic. The thing about that trip is that they would bus you in in the middle of the night to this resort compound. You just step off the bus into this completely enclosed compound that was actually encased by razor wire fences hidden by palm leaves.
1: Oh, damn.
2: And you're stuck in this compound. There was a kind of a fake town that you could buy stuff at, and the Chinese restaurant and the guy on the ATV were from that vacation. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the week, they would drive you back to the airport during the day, and you would see that actually there was this really incredible poverty just beyond the resort, with people living in shacks and it was obviously a very disturbing and grotesque contrast but there's also something so completely surreal about the experience because it's almost like you were visiting a completely separate state other than the host state it was like a completely different world in another dimension that had popped up in this country like a weird growth i think that's an important way yeah. that, that um yeah. and the fact yeah. that inside that growth you existed in this complete disneyland version of reality was surreal it felt like a good setting for this story about consequence free characters
0: god his mind his mind <laughs> i know i fucking love brandon cronenberg I know. I obsessed know. <laughs> obsessed all right awesome sarah was this a first watch for you and this what did you a think first watch um
3: it was definitely interesting, Uh, definitely a lot of food for thought in it, but, uh, oh, there were a few times that uh, Mia Goth's voice got to a certain pitch that I was just like, dude, just smack her. Stop. If <laughs> oh, you just turn around geez. and smack her. <laughs> like, especially the bus scene. Uh-huh. God, I love uh, the bus which... scene, so. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh. oh.
0: <laughs> i love it i no, love her I unhinged know.
3: well no we, but dude, you're talking about the resort thing like kat and i were in vegas a few years ago and we we actually ended up going to like north vegas and doing some stuff up there and then on the way back we have an uber and the uber's like hey do you mind if i pick up one more you know you want a ride share we're like yeah sure no problem so he picks up one and he's in this apartment apartment complex that comes into this dead end road and the dead end road has got this like Ten foot wrought iron fence with these huge spikes on it right and just beyond that is like a four lane road and down the middle is a fence just like that fence in in, around the resort and infinity pool Mm -hmm. because on the other side are multi-million dollar mansions
1: oh creepy
3: yeah Mm. and then like on this side of the fence the road isn't paved the apartments are run down like
0: yeah
1: yeah this has a lot about like
3: the
0: barriers you can't see Right, right. Like, I mean, it's- I think the, the infinity pool is such a potent metaphor in this, like this mirage of endless pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But also endless deadening, right? Like there's something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'll get into, like, the craft of this because the performances and the visuals of this are so stunning. I'm wondering if this is the loophole movie that allows Sarah, or if Sarah will allow to go upside down with the camera again. Because I know I she just, is I banned it. About Sarah.
3: I was just like, if the rest of the movie is like this, I'm out. So I was
0: like, we're done. I, yeah, I yeah. loved it. Ugh. Uh, <sighs> i know i know i know you didn't like it but i feel like it works for this movie like thematically and like this upside down world that we're in
3: well i'm glad the extreme close-ups and the spinning camera stuff was like the first five minutes of the movie to kind of build like that tension of Mm -hmm. he's in this microcosm yeah versus like way everything kind of pulls out when he's outside of the of the fences, but yeah, yeah, it was just like, oh god, if the movie's like this, I'm out. <laughs> and it was yeah the uncut versions like three minutes under two hours. So I just I was not feeling it. <laughs> oh, but
0: the, the stuff that got cut was so
3: good. Mm. But anyway,
0: so yeah, like I said, this movie is gorgeous and the performances are great and we're gonna get into all that. But like the thing that struck me the second time really even more so than the first time because I was just like dazzle camouflaged by how much of what is coming at me was just like the absolute and total disdain that Cronenberg has for the rich and privileged yeah. I mean it is a it is a through line throughout all of his films like there's yeah. a lot of fandom stuff in the first one and, like the second one definitely has some stuff about class and then this one is unrelenting in its critique mm-hmm. and what is interesting is he really sees them at least seems to as through the lens of this film as sociopathic children with an endless void of need to consume and I always, when I'm watching his films, like the context of who he is is always in my head. And I'm sure that, you know, like there's a lot of Nepo babies making films, but there's in particular Because of who he is and, like, the sort of elite nature of his father in the genre, like, I can't help but, like, kind of, like, consider what his life was like growing up. And his background of being exposed to people with wealth and, like, massive social privilege and being on, you know, like, front row for that makes his perspective, in my opinion, particularly interesting because he almost he almost acts more like as a whistleblower than someone just making a social critique from the outside and so when he says these things about these people to me it feels like reporting (laughs) so i like that critiques hit even harder for me
1: yeah because you feel like it's reporting
0: from behind the wall yeah from behind the razor wall yeah Mm yeah
3: well that you know the thing is is like when society thinks like rich people you think movie stars and you know and so like oh you know this movie star likes to hire prostitutes to sleep in a bathtub full of ice or you know and you think of like salacious stuff like that but the real rich you don't yeah know their names you don't know who they are they have they have the money to put themselves in their own personal compound to hide everything that they've ever done that's considered wrong and what does it care we just pay them and go and that's what this this movie is really making a point of
0: absolutely i mean that's Mm -hmm. so true i mean we saw a little hints of this everything that came out with epstein right like this is what it means to have that much wealth he wasn't like hanging out on the lolita express by himself it was all the other wealthy people like that have managed to avoid consequence Yeah, you know
3: my my thing is if your name's turned up on an epstein flight manifest you really just need to be put in stocks and and for uh, real Left in the town square. Hard agree. Like, I don't even care if you were at a party at his private island for one night and didn't engage in anything. Everybody knows he was who he was.
0: Right. Right. It was totally an open secret. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet we still see these people all over Fox News, all over CNN. Like not losing an ounce of privilege even though they should be completely tainted by association and i think probably imagine being someone who has enough uh like access and proximity to that kind of stuff you know making these kind of films no wonder he has like such total disgust and and like i said disdain for these people Mm -hmm. and it just and then he adds in these like cyberpunk elements and you know incredible visuals and i'm like jesus christ i love this i love this filmmaker
3: well like that like that one guy who says you know we've we tried doing the cloning process at my pharmaceutical lab but we just can't get it because we're too literal they really have a flair for poetry and Ugh. it's like and it's like all through the movie oh they're just so dramatic they're so strict they're superstitious they're this they're that yeah you know it's like
0: like they have achieved something that you are unable to and like the way that you talk about it is so like It's like patronizing and disgusting. Xenophobia
3: of the country that's hosting them.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. For sure. Right. And just that you get that a little bit in the like way that this film handles like the kind of cultural appropriation that's given to the rich, like with the masks that you can buy in the gift shop. Yeah. Oh, the, the like, drive by on the Bollywood dance thing, or like towards the mm-hmm. end, there's these like grotesque, kind of like anti Semitic costumes that are just like hanging yes. in the lobby. Yeah,
1: I know oh, yeah, that. Yeah, it yes. happened so quickly. Yes. I was like, what the fuck oh, are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, I was, I was like, are they yeah.
3: pranking a group of kids? What's going on? Was Borat like yeah, filming I mean, at
0: the same time? <laughs> what yeah. is happening? Yeah,
3: it, uh Right but, but, where they're like the
2: very rich can then be like, "I've been to this country, like you have not at all been to this country,
1: no, yeah. and they're just treating it like it's their playground. They don't care about the community they're in. They don't care how it affects the people that live there long term when the you know rainy season starts, and they all jet,
3: yeah, and, right. and the fact that the that the locals all wear the 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 two stripes on their cheek,
0: yeah, mhm,
3: differentiate themselves from the other,
0: yeah. Oh my god those masks those masks are so good like yeah i got man. i it got a so better look at them this time and Hideous, and, yeah. and like the true face of what these tourists are right the money pouring out of one of their mouths all of the eyes like the twisted nature of their like yeah. the like the devilish twisted piggish nature that yeah. lies below the face of well, the tourists well, is they, on the front It's when they great. got
3: to the mask scene i was reminded of that uh that Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. yeah I was thinking the, the same mask. thing. So I was like, ooh, is this what's gonna happen? Is this where we're going with this? Cause
1: Yeah. Cause that one ends with their faces being transformed into the grotesque masks. Cause that's yeah. their you know it's inner self. self. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. my
2: favorite scene of grotesque privilege in this movie is where all of the clones are being kept in, yes! like the, um, <laughs> yes! are, in are in the room before they are executed um after yep. the like home invasion thing and they are like caroning out about how long they made to wait
0: for their execution <laughs> so good it's so fucking <laughs> good things. yeah it's so good so what did you think Ariel this was a first watch for you yes
1: yeah, I hadn't gotten to see it before. I sadly watched the theatrical version because I didn't realize the other one was available yet. So mm-hmm. you'll have to you'll have to talk about the things that we missed yeah. out on. <laughs> um, <laughs> genitals, lots and lots of genitals. Was <laughs> oh, that it? Just
0: like full frontal nudity? Uh, I mean, there's also like some dialing down of the violence and stuff, but like the, some of the the nudity is so surrealistic and cool that that's that's like we we've all seen a dick, you know what I mean? It's like not right. that exciting, <laughs> but like the way that it's like a kaleidoscope of genitals is kind of a bummer that you guys didn't get to experience that
1: gotcha Mm -hmm. okay well that's interesting yeah i mean i really liked this movie a lot all the things you guys are saying are totally spot on i think that it's interesting to watch these uber wealthy people be so kind of hedonistic and unbothered by the choices they're making you know they're doing like horrible things left and right completely immoral completely debauched and it's all at the expense of like everybody else around them and they could give a Mm -hmm. shit it's interesting and i think that you're right about his perspective making it feel different a little bit you know Mm. i also think that mia goth i know that sarah you didn't like some of those scenes with her but i think she's a real tour de force in this movie no no her acting
3: is great her acting is her acting was was great to the point that like I was just like, just, just punch her just once. Just punch her once. She'll stop. Promise.
0: Okay. Boo. Bad take, Sarah. Bad take. <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: but like when he's wrestling her for the gun. It's like you had her surprise, man. If you had just like popped her once. Sure. Oh my it, god, when she's like
0: humping him on the ground I was like, yes! Yes!
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was totally here for her performance. But yeah, she's Because she plays the character she's supposed to be playing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, she has this sort of, like, almost childlike voice. Do you know what I mean? Haunted Victorian doll. doll Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But then she becomes so fierce (laughs) Mm -hmm. where it feels like she's transforming before your eyes. And that scene where she's chasing the bus and she's, like, standing up basically in the convertible and just shouting at him. I mean, that was nuts. I liked that part so much. Or when she's lounging on the... The hood of the convertible as reading you know, the review oh yeah. brutal.
0: brutal so brutal
1: and oh. totally brilliant I think so when I started watching this movie I was actually texting with Matilda because she was telling me like what scenes to look away from when they were flashing lights mm-hmm. and I think I messaged her somewhere these rich people better die <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's not that kind of movie it is not I'm that sorry kind of movie. Yeah. so I think what I was hoping for out of the ending was at least at least a few of these insanely wealthy people being slaughtered. I wanted mm-hmm. the menu, you know?, uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I actually think what I got was maybe even a little bit better. It's sort mm-hmm. of how I feel about Piggy. where like with Piggy, I know it's totally separate movies, but I wanted revenge out of that movie. But oh, what yeah. the writer and director did, was more meaningful. It was a more meaningful choice to not go that route of straight revenge. And I think the same thing is true with Infinity Pool. This movie has an ending that is like pointing this huge finger at the wealthy by showing how they can just turn it off, and go yeah. back to their normal lives as though nothing yeah. happened, mm-hmm. zero consequences. Compartmentalization. Just to- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that that's what extreme wealth allows them to do. That's the privilege yep. they have because yeah. of yep. it. And so I think that although maybe didn't satisfy my bloodlust, <laughs> um, I think it's probably a better movie because of it. And that's why I'm not a screenwriter. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the ending is, like, you do feel like there's only a couple of options for endings with these, with the Cronenberg movie. Like, yeah. the setup is unique and everything, but like, we're trained to understand how the narrative should resolve. And there's like a couple of answers. He always seems to find that third option. In Antiviral, did not see that coming. Right. In Possessor, yeah. did not see yep. that coming. And mm-hmm. then once again, he picked something totally unconventional that, like, so perfectly, like, lands the plane on his like what he's trying to say his thesis that yeah. I always just walk away like fuck holy shit like I feel like somebody like slapped me in the face and I and I loved it
1: yeah yeah I totally agree I mean there's that my favorite one of my favorite scenes in Possessor is where that wealthy tech CEO dad gets his face bashed in by yeah. the oh, yeah. fire poker. It's so satisfying, and I I was thinking what I needed was that kind of a moment in this movie for one of the wealthy people. But again, I just think this is more interesting, and that's the brilliance of what he's done here as a writer and director because he wrote the script too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's a it's such a very very strange movie as are all uh, brandon cronenberg movies they're all very very weird but if you can like sink into that weirdness and the aesthetic choices that he made i think there's like a lot here that's really really interesting i wish i had gotten to see the surrealistic scenes i couldn't watch those because mm. i know that they're supposedly like filmed in really interesting ways and really beautiful really beautiful um yeah, but i just couldn't they are it, so mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah i mean to your point though i think that wanting justice for the rich people like like there, i think it It speaks to the way that he's breaking like narrative things where it's like our villain is actually to some degree actually james and you do get that sort of catharsis around him because it's like this is totally like a journey to the heart of darkness in his own ego you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and in the end he's just like he experiences like full ego death and then like basically i assume walks into the ocean at the end like uh i think it's a wrap for our boy james yeah um, like it. so <laughs> yeah. to some degree like he self-inflicts the, that catharsis and that that justice that you're craving
1: mm-hmm. mm. i don't know yeah, if that helps I, at all i totally see what you're saying i didn't feel it though like okay, i needed something bigger and more but again i Sucky like baby didn't do it for you. <laughs> that's <Okay>. pretty rough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think what's so interesting is that everybody has, who's been talking about this movie has been talking about the bodily fluids. That are in it. I mean, they are fast and furious in this they film. They are, especially the first like 20 minutes of the film. You get yeah, a lot in the there's first a, 20 minutes. That's one of the significant cuts, actually. There's more. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that the the hand job scene like that they were able to focus the camera on that because at all. Uh, that's absolutely I know. cut way back. Right. Because you you see everything, right? Oh, the, yes. yeah. Because I think I read they used a prosthetic penis yeah. in that. Yep. Scene. It's a really good one. I thought it was
0: real. I did. Oh, OK. I thought I was like, oh, they cut it because it's unsimulated. But it actually is simulated. And you <laughs> <laughs>
1: interesting but I I think what works for me about the inclusion of those kinds of scenes Mm -hmm. is that knowing that Brandon Cronenberg will show you that stuff that you normally do not see in films it makes you uncomfortable because you don't know what else you're gonna see like you're in uncharted territory a little bit and you're not sure how far he's gonna push things you know yeah, I think it keeps you on your toes a little bit. Yeah, he's also a master
0: of making gratuitous scenes not feel gratuitous because they yeah. like actually are resonant thematically and they like serve a purpose mm-hmm. and beyond sexy. just titillation. They're not sexy. There's right. it's not titillation. You do yeah, not experience a arousal watching this these films. Like it is, and that's why I think it doesn't it doesn't feel grimy. To me it doesn't feel sleazy to me but it feels shocking and it feels transgressive yes
1: yeah yeah for sure and i think crimes of the future david cronenberg's movie from last year does a little bit of that too where like the sex stuff in there well i mean it's not it's not traditional sex anyways but like yeah (laughs) it feels transgressive and subversive in a really interesting way and i think they share some you know they share some dna you know <laughs> hey yeah speaking of fluids uh, the <laughs> breastfeeding scene was interesting i didn't see that coming mm. i have to say i didn't think that that's where that scene was ending
0: i mean you got to give it up to mia goth and to yeah. guard like the level yeah. of vulnerability in places that they go with these performances by the end he is so broken down and like animalistic both as himself and as the dog right the places you would have to go to pull that performance you, I, you just gotta like hands on you know
2: Yeah, and not in a way that—that's not right. He doesn't go there in a way that like preserves him as Alexander Scarlett at all. It is Mm -mm. not cute. It is not pretty. It is no for a very traditionally pretty man like this is not. It is not flattering. It's not that kind of role. No, no, no. There's no no glorifying that, right? It's kind of like I felt like this movie. Ariel, I totally get what you're saying about like I hope we get some satisfying revenge here.
1: This mm-hmm. to me
2: felt like the breaking of the main character in American Psycho.
1: Yeah. Oh.
3: Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of American Psycho the whole time because I could think yeah. of this being the type of place that Brett Easton Ellis would sure. uh, vacation at.
2: The yes. people
3: he'd hang out with. Yeah. 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 I, trust I mean, David I feel Cronenberg, like
2: or Cron- Brandon Cronenberg a lot more to talk about it, but yes.
0: Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 he doesn't actually need you know mary heron to come in and make actually function yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but Um, i think you're
1: right about the performances there that like think about how much trust you would have to have as an actor to do all of that knowing that because if the movie isn't well received right and it might not have been it I, might not have been then it's, it looks real weird and it would yeah. be really bad for your career
0: i do like that scars guard showed up on the red carpet with a leash on
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure i now. was like good for you good
2: for you <laughs> yeah i watched it for the second time this week and i feel like i'm still processing i feel like this is one of those oh, ones that i'm sure. going to be processing for a long time in a way that like I think I've said this on this cast about Jordan Peele's scripts, too, that I feel like you can watch them in a different way every time you watch them. You can pay attention to different Mm. things or a different layer Mm -hmm. every time you watch them. I still have one lingering question. I have a couple lingering questions. One is about, like, there's a kind of throwaway (laughs) line early on about, like, do you think they killed the clone? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I have that in my notes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know the clones are supposed to have all the memories. And so even though when I was watching this, even the first time, there was a way that I could see coming when Skarsgård is attacking what he thinks is the police officer or the detective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's going to be him. Right. Because this whole movie is about like facing yourself in some way. Um, and that's yeah. part of how she's trying to break him but like did that character and the dog did that clone have all his memories yes okay
0: yep. but it was just further, yep. it's further like, broken legally it's required it's required okay. legally they like lay that out uh, that it's part of the part of the treaty is that it must legally have all of the memories all the memories yeah. and you can't look away you have to be present
2: you can't just like make a clone yeah. and peace out back to the states right yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought they were maybe gonna do a little bit more about how like horrifying it would be to think about the fact that you don't know if you're a clone or the original. And that yeah. scene that you were talking about earlier where they're so casual in the police office where they're, you know, gonna be cloned again or whatever, and they're pissed off about being, you know, having to wait that long and then but you realize no, those are actually the clones. What's that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're inconvenienced. inconvenienced. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> But then you realize that the, they're the clones and that the real people are in the audience. So I thought they were going to do more with that instead of leaving it yeah. open.
3: Well and the thing is is like the clones if they were to clone from the clone the clone would have the memories of the of the of the actual murder the fear the terror where they have the like outsider perspective of it. Yeah. And so when when they were like oh do you think you're the clone and they really killed you and And it's like, ah, who gives a fuck? We're never going to know the answer anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it kind of speaks something to like how self-involved they are that Mm -hmm. they just don't even care. They're like, I'm here.
1: Right. And it allows me to do whatever the fuck I want. It doesn't matter which one it is. I'm here.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I couldn't tell if it was kind of like more being more and more separated from their humanity at each phase.
1: Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The keeping
0: of the ashes in yeah, the yes. urns is Bizarre. really interesting and in how he like even at the end, after everything he goes through, mm-hmm. after sucky baby, everything, you see him like very carefully packing and taking them home. Because they're yeah, trophies. Like, there's
1: something mournful yeah. about it or yeah, or trophies. Trophies. Oh, the, yeah. Trophies. Yeah, Not mournful
0: done. trophies. Because you see the first time he watches it, like he watches the, mm-hmm.
1: the it, Oh, he's excited.
0: <laughs> he smiles. Like yeah. yeah, there's something that is unlocked in him. Like yeah. when he realizes that that there are no consequences anymore something is unlocked in him yeah
1: after mm-hmm. he gets cloned that first time he returns back to the hotel to to his wife and mm-hmm. she says to him you've gone wrong around the eyes like one of those crabs at the dump yes Ooh. i love brandon kronenberg's writing <laughs> so know. much like, yeah. that's yeah. So such an interesting good. line. i never would have come up with that you know yeah. but it's so evocative <sighs> yeah I did see one review that or
2: Rachel did you tell me there's a review that called this a piss-soaked white lotus? Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's right. It's not wrong. It's yeah, I mean it's there's more, but also yes. I mean I do think we're at an interesting tipping point in terms of the way that we're like looking at the wealthy and yeah. I I think a lot of it has to do with what has happened in the last decade like uh everything we went through with Trump, everything that we've gone through with you know well who i faced think, consequences for everything during the pandemic yeah. and who hasn't yeah like all that kind of stuff
1: yeah. yeah i mean i think like sitting home in the pandemic and struggling while yeah. the rich just got like they just went to richer. their islands yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. or just
4: had mm-hmm. like
2: private parties with a doctor there to test everybody before they went in when the rest of us couldn't get
0: tests right like i think there yeah. were... people were buying pcr machines yeah
1: you know what i mean like yeah. that
0: yeah it's infuriating infuriating yeah
1: and like record profits while inflation is out of control and we can't afford groceries or heat you know yeah
0: yeah 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 Yeah, i mean it's interesting to get this insider view
2: one of the things this is one of the best movies i've ever seen about how wealth separates people from their humanity Mm -hmm. and separates people from other humans. Like, there's something so I love that it's set in an all-inclusive resort because there's something so sterilized. Like, something both so exploitive and so sterilized at the same time. Yeah, totally. About those places. I just think, like, once I when I think Brandon Cronenberg can't get darker or more interesting, it really goes there. And it's so interesting to read about actors experiences with him like I think I can't remember if it was Mia Goth or Skarsgård who said like I read this script and I didn't know what this guy was going to be like when I got there and he's like the <laughs> <one laughs> nicest most mellow
0: down-to-earth guy ever yeah I mean that's what comes across in interviews is he seems yeah. like, I don't know like I don't even smoke weed I want to get high with him so bad. <laughs> and just like Talk about weird shit with him. <laughs> He's like, you know, people have like sex hall passes. I have a weed hall pass. I just, just Granny Cronenberg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this
3: would be an interesting movie to watch shrooms on. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, Can no,
2: someone no, tell no me that. my other question that I was left with? And Ariel, I know you may not have watched this scene. What came out of the boob? I know I'm being too concrete
0: here in a very surrealistic movie. So unfortunately, that's the one piece of the like weird body morphing stuff that happens in that scene. Like, there's a lot more of that. It's oh, like, that's the it leads one. into yeah. So like, that's like that's where the like series of sort of just twisted body genitals like all that sort of like surrealistic body stuff happens following the nipple thing so it's it's not that anything literal came out of it it's just leading into a larger scene of just like all of their body parts just like societying out
2: oh that makes sense because it kind of brought me up short because it was the only
0: one the only thing like it
2: in that scene but it makes sense that it was part of a larger excised yeah okay
0: that thank you yeah Yeah, there's a lot more foot worship in it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just like a, it's just a, a longer, more surreal scene. That's why I was saying, like, I'm sad that that, not because I want everybody to see genitals and I'm a creep, but just because, like, it's visually one of the most sort of interesting sort of set pieces of all the weird stuff that he does. Like, in interviews, I think one of them said, like, so tell me about the penis shooting out of a vagina, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which is a thing right. that definitely helps. Sounds like I missed all a right. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps at all.
2: Uh, yeah, it totally point. does. And it, it makes sense. More sense. Why it brought me up short. Like that. That's different than the rest of what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting that it's like her nipple considering where we end up. You know what I mean? Yes.
2: I think that's part of where I fixated because I was like, is there something I was supposed to understand about what came out? Like, is there something symbolic that came out? But if it was part of a bigger thing, then probably not.
0: Yeah. No, not. I mean, not that I know of. I mean, maybe that's the reason that one part stayed in uh, and I just missed it. Like, I know that she says she, likes can spot a sucky baby, which is, like, a thing, like, a overall thing. I love, I will say, watching it the second time, watching her, like, early seduction of him oh, knowing yeah. where it's going is really uh-huh. interesting and like the the scene where she shows her like her um, what did it say like believably failing yes um, like that's what she does as an actor like the way that she utilizes those skills in those very early scenes of like you're James Foster I read your book when do I get another like all of that mm-hmm, stuff right. is like very much that she's like I just have to have that the second book for,
3: she's 40 fishing yes yes (laughs) yes yes yes
0: 100 percent. all right so final recommendations sarah would you recommend infinity pool to a selective audience yes (laughs) fair fair uh ariel would you recommend (laughs)
3: Uh, yeah uh her and the roommate had the same uh uh reaction which at the end which is fuck cronenberg's
0: (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, oh no
0: um how about you Era? would you recommend
1: oh yeah i would highly recommend this uh, mm-hmm. i mean it's it's weird it's yeah gonna make you feel some things but oh, it's yeah. really good
0: <laughs> yep yep
1: matilda i assume
0: yes recommend
1: yes
2: i mean probably with some disclosures for people who are you know <laughs> yeah on my esoteric idea. matilda bullshit yeah,
0: yeah probably yeah <laughs> <disclosures. laughs> yeah this one is a big recommend for me like the Norwegians are just gonna have to deal with it they need to be exposed um my caveat would be you also need to watch his other two movies (laughs) that's my only caveat you must watch them all Mm -hmm. it is a trilogy and it must be watched (laughs) as a trilogy i'm not sure what order i think like Larry's watching them in reverse order so he went right in he dipped right into the deep end of infinity pool and working his way back to antiviral I don't know I kind of feel like maybe the you start at the beginning and work your way up Um, because you can watch his like craft sort of evolve and they like feed into each other thematically I'm sure any direction you watch them in Cronenberg is chef's kiss so yeah big recommendation for me this is a hundred percent on my top 10 this year there's no like it's there's no budge in this one mm, yeah it's, it's going do that yeah all right awesome so for those of you at home maybe you have some thoughts did you watch this movie do you want to tell us what you thought? Because we'd love to hear it. You can always email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G R R L Z.com. You can message us on our Facebook page or you can follow us. Uh, you should follow us anyway at ZG Podcast. That's ZG Podcast with an S at the end. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Lots of great content there. Ariel is our social media maven, and she's absolutely killing the game, but you can always slide into the DMs there if you have some thoughts or you want to share some that you'd like to share on the show, which by the way, we do have some emails this week. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So let's maybe get into those really quickly. Okay. So this one's a little bit older, but we hadn't recorded. So... Bear, bear with the, the tardiness of this one. Okay, so this comes from our very good friend of the show, Doug. And he wants to congratulate us on our uh, best of 2022 episode. He said, enjoyed the best of 2022 episode. As always, it was interesting to hear all the sides of what worked for people in the year of horror. However, being regaled along with the rest of the world with the diabolical details of the gifting. <laughs> Any idea what that could be? anyone what the gifting might be referring to
1: <laughs> is he talking about my thing titty buckets! <laughs> titty buckets yes i forgot about titty buckets how did you forget i have, i well, she I isn't have wearing it them every day like you ariel i
3: i have the attention span of a small rodent and the memory <laughs> of, of one two
0: <laughs> so this is actually perfectly uh in line with this because there's lots of nipple talk in this email okay so he said the sweetly themed present that ever grateful ariel experienced (laughs) from the ever generous sarah with extra egging on from the ever gleeful rachel (laughs) (laughs) he's not wrong okay i've hit upon a deep vein mine of purest merchandising gold Oh, dear. Zombie girls branded nipple buckets. Oh, God. Think about it. Who doesn't need zombie girls branded nipple buckets? Fashionistas everywhere will flock to the website to get a pair for themselves and then another (laughs) pair for a friend. It will be such a rage online. A virtual purchasing riot. The internet will surely melt down quicker than the ticket master trying to sell Taylor Swift tickets under the pressure of feverish public purchasing paroxysm. <laughs> Doug is
1: quite Dude, the wordsmith. I he
0: is! <laughs> After the successful deployment of this incredible boon to an eager world, y'all will be able to Scrooge McDuck in your way to making enough money to buy a fabled land of honey and wine known as Chateau Island. <laughs> <laughs> Where all your cool peeps will live out their crazy times in harmony. I, this is—I'll I'll be honest. This is a little rough after just talking about Infinity Pool. I'm like, oh,
4: this takes a darker <laughs> turn.
0: You can even expand the line so that each zombie girl can have a nipple bucket of their own. Oh, maybe good. one with their own catchphrase emblazoned on the uh, on the side with the ZG logo. As Captain Planet has said,
1: "The power is yours, <laughs> Doug." <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thanks, I Doug. mean listen, if we could actually make Scrooge McDuck money off of that, I would sell titty buckets for sure.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, how do we yeah, how do we how do we monetize this? How do we get in on this? Because I feel like I mean, usually start with like a tea public situation or like a zazzle Uh but i feel like there's probably a dearth of titty bucket option customizable titty bucket options on (laughs) zazzle or maybe do you think cafe press has cornered the market on the titty bucket
1: yeah they've got tons (laughs) (laughs) thank you doug for the letter (laughs) Any
0: any thoughts, Matilda or Sarah, on the titty bucket empire that we're just like letting slip through our
3: fingers? Well, well, a coworker of mine uh, said she wished she'd had titty buckets when she was breastfeeding for to catch the drip afterwards.
0: Oh, oh don't boy. ruin the titty bucket! She's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be sexy. <laughs> Matilda is very very quiet. Did she leave us? Oh, she did.
4: <laughs> <She's just> muted. <laughs>
0: I was like, God, she really does not want to talk about the titty bucket.
1: <laughs> she thinks her audio went out. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Awesome. So thank you, Doug, for your amazing, not only the amazing email and, and the beautiful writing, you know, the, the alliteration really spoke to my heart as a writer, but, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit really comes through. And I think that at some point we are going to be able to really rocket ship because of some of the ideas that you provided with us between our short film empire and our titty bucket empire.
1: Our foot fetish empire.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, if somebody wants to pay for photos of these feet, I've already said it. I am ready. Hit us up, we'll do it. Click, snappity click, click, snap. Like, what, let me know. I'll step on a cake, whatever you want, Hit me up. For the price is right, I'll step on a cake. All right. So, like Doug, we'd love to hear from you guys. Drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. We'll read it on the show. And if you love the show and you want to support us, the other ways you can do that, of course, is to review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you're getting your pods. Um, It's, like, truly one of the best ways to support us because, it like, the algorithm likes it. It just... There's lots and lots of reasons I won't go into. And more than that it just makes us feel really good because it it does take some effort to do you know and we recognize that effort and we appreciate you and we love you thank you for those of you who have already written a review you're the best all right and then of course there is the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, where we, um, you get bonus episodes, extended episodes. You get to hang out on the discord, you get our zombie bites content, which is like live video of us talking about more con- like, like, uh, contemporary stuff. Like that's happening that week. Uh, if you want our hot takes, you can get them on the zombie Girl zombie bites. Um, Ariel, you know what to do. Take us out. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of the Zombie Girls podcast. We hope you appreciated our reviews of Eat the Rich and Infinity Pool. And uh, I don't know. Let us know what you think about the weird shit that we saw together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matilda, for your wonderful picks as always. We'll be back next time. Bye, everybody. Litter sucky babies. Bye. <laughs>
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Horror by Megan McDuffie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. We're back, 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 ready to extend like a nipple in a sex orgy. Oh, know, Brandon Cornett, but listen I'm trying to be on theme <laughs> I'm sorry you don't appreciate and understand my craft
1: okay this is what podcasting
0: <laughs> I'm is I'm sorry
1: I did not mean to criticize the artist Excuse I'm me. elevating I'm elevating
0: <laughs> so fine you don't like what I'm doing your turn Ariel what the hell are we doing on this extended episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are going to be taking a horror trivia quiz
4: what today.
1: so originally i had planned for us to maybe read a start a new book for our weird book club but (laughs) but it's been a busy month so instead we're going to test your knowledge now originally i thought i was going to play you guys against each other but that's going to take too long so you are going to collectively try to get a team yes all the questions oh thank god Oh thank God! Because <laughs> also I feel like it's unfair. I feel like Sarah would win no matter what. Now there are thirty hey! questions. Hey! <laughs> hey! I mean, I've won the last couple of. Weeks. I'm not offended because uh-huh. I've even won some of them. I've won some. <laughs> so, uh, I there's thirty questions. I got six wrong. So try okay. to beat that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So question one, which other famous haunting case did the Ed and Lorraine Warren from The Conjuring also investigate? The Stanley Hotel, Bell Witch, Cecil Hotel, or Amityville? Amityville. Amityville. There you Amityville. go. Amityville. See, it starts out easy. <laughs> All right. Question two, what novel was the 1922 silent classic Nosferatu unofficially based on? Dracula. Wake the Dead.
0: What's that? Drac- Dracula. Dracula.
1: Yeah. Okay yeah by bram stoker (laughs) you're just showing off your skills now well (laughs) i feel like they've been impugned (laughs) i have a reputation to protect i gotta take you down a notch a little because i keep getting beat at like the last second i only didn't win winning you or sarah or eddie just like swoops in and ruins it all for me
0: (laughs) i only didn't win the overall splatter cast trivia because i did the last challenge with the flu i would have won i would have beat fucking el goro you i have
1: been talking about this win for like a decade
0: okay yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying beef. i just but here's the thing and <laughs> i'm still mad about it because i should have won but also Aww. i feel like i've proven my skills at horror trivia <laughs> by beating
1: like 15 whor- other horror podcasters okay that's fair that's fair hey jesus show but i specs. i gotta I got to elbow you a little bit, needle you a little. Yeah, I know. I (laughs) know. I love it. (laughs) All right. So this one, you guys are all going to get correct. Which prominent director made a short film about a son sexually abusing his father early in their career? Ari Aster. Uh Ari Aster. Which horror film partially inspired the opening scene of Jordan Peele's Get Out because he claimed uh, it reflected the subversion of a perfect white neighborhood? Was it Sinister, Halloween, Children of the Corn, or Poltergeist? Halloween.
0: i would say poltergeist
1: what do you guys think matilda mm. oh, gosh what are the choices right, again about- sinister halloween children of the corn poltergeist and this
2: is i agree out or us one of those two
1: get out the opening okay, so scene from get the
0: opening what is the opening scene from get out isn't it them in the car driving no, no it's no. the it, it's, it's the first guy it's getting the kidnapped. brother yeah so brother grabbing someone. somebody so it's halloween oh yeah it's halloween it's halloween yeah yeah it's halloween. halloween yes good job
1: <laughs> all right in the original halloween what is the name of the band playing on annie's car radio the song playing before Ooh, Don't Fear Cult. The Reaper. oh that one no it's not <laughs> what's the one playing before that the beach boys uh. the studebakers the coupe devils or jan and dean